Then the sun disintegrates between a wall of clouds. I saw where I went to rap. No one is allowed there. You're listening to Inkstuds on CITR 101.9 FM. My guest this week is Charles Forsman, also gone in the past by the name Chuck McBuck, also Chuck Forsman. Um, it feels almost Charlie Brown in a way. Chuck or Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Was it Lou? Who is it that called Charlie Brown Chuck? Uh, Betty. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever have that connection for yourself? Um, yeah, I think I, um, I probably did at it, like, young reading the papers, uh, I, I definitely, uh, connected because of the name, but, uh, I don't, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> You weren't the same sad kid that was not able to kick the football? No, I, yeah, I could kick the football, but I was better at sports than he was, but, uh, I was sad. <laughs> <laughs> Um, some people may be familiar with Chuck's work. Uh, Snake Oil 7 just came out from uh, Retrofit Comics, as well as a whole series of Snake Oil comics that come out through over the years um, since his time at the uh, cartooning school in White River Junction, as well as the most recent series, The End of the Fucking World. Um, Sorry if I'm offending people. Thankfully, we are in Canada. This isn't American radio. Um, the Sunday's Anthology and other stuff I'm probably forgetting. Your mashup uh, prints you've been doing. Um, anything else I should mention? Oily Comics. Which Oily one Comics. Do? I do a strip for uh, Mother's News, uh, which is a Providence-based newspaper yourself as well as uh, many other fantastic cartoonists including uh, Mickey Zakili and uh, CF yeah and DeForge um, yeah. yeah good stuff in there a good group of kids um, so I just like try to wrap my head around uh, kind of how to how to start today it's funny like you just did an interview for comic book readers. I was like, look, they talk all about his, how he got into comics and stuff. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I want to ask that. If you're just talking <laughs> about that. Um, so maybe I kind of just want to kind of go maybe into the meat of what comics really mean to you. Um, you went to CCS, the James Sturm's cartoon school. Um, mm -hmm. When you went into it, did you 
what was your mindset on where you wanted to go with your comics? Um, I, uh, when I got accepted, I hadn't pretty much my application comic I did for that was probably the first finished comic I'd ever done. Um, but my mindset going in was, was that, uh, without sounding too corny, it was like, I found a calling sort of. Um, and so, and them accepting me, uh, kind of validated that for me. Um, cause I had been, you know, for like five years, I had been sort of just like floating around, not sh you know, jumping from thing to thing, uh, working jobs. And, and I had, uh, had recently come back into comics, started reading them again and realizing, uh, that I still wanted to be a cartoonist in, in some way. And, uh, so, uh, yeah, getting in, the, so that was sort of, um, it was a gift I was giving myself uh, to have the, those years at that school, and it was a, a big opportunity to uh, to really uh, make up for lost time. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? That, that, oh, go ahead. No, yeah. I mean, I feel like a lot of people, you know, they, they you know, I mean, I, I drew as a kid, but but uh, I had a lot of years where I was playing music and doing other stuff. Uh, I wasn't really drawing at all, um, so I felt like I had to make up for a lot of years where I wasn't drawing at all and really work a lot of stuff out. More than just drawing, did you have stories that you wanted to tell and just didn't feel the skills? Uh, yeah, I, I guess, um, yeah, storytelling. Um, I did. I mean, I, I had, I, uh, I didn't ha have particular stories. Um, I, that's sort of what I discovered up there was like what kind of, uh, uh, cartoonist I was going to be. Um, you know, I mean, I was interested in, in all kinds of comics, uh, but I, I wasn't really sure. I mean, obviously, the more, like, you know, I was into Klaus and Peter Bag. you know, those were my guys. Um, um, but, yeah, that was, a, you know, I, I, and I, the thing that I started really clicking was doing sort of improvisational stuff and surreal stuff, and and uh, that, that type of thing really uh, uh, was something I, I, that attracted me. Uh, or, you know, that, that got me going and I was able to start pumping out a lot more work. Um, and, and during your time there, Chester Brown was your, um, what was the term they used there? Yeah, uh, yeah your second year you have an advisor and uh, somehow, you know, I, I, I was talking to Steve Bissett because everyone has this, like, summer turmoil after their first year who, who who's going to be your advisor um, and it's probably a bigger decision than uh, it should be. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone drives themselves crazy. Who, who's it going to be? Who are they going to want to do it? And uh, I mentioned Chester Brown to Steve Bissett, who knew him from years and years, and he was like, "You know, Chester's really good at analyzing work and telling you what works and what doesn't." And uh, I was like, "Oh wow, I, I, that, that's really great." And luckily, him and James knew knew Chester, and they they contacted him, and he accepted. Um, so it was pretty cool. And, but Chester doesn't use the internet, so it was all. Uh, I would fax him pages, that I would, <laughs> and then we would talk on the phone, which is great to actually talk to him on the phone. Um, what were some of the tips that he'd given you that helped you with your own work? Um, I guess, uh, you know, I mean, he 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 was just really good at, like, you know, I would just send him rough pages, and uh, he would just kind of say. I wouldn't have done it that way. I would do it this way. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's you know, I mean, I learned best by doing, you know, I mean, Chester definitely helped, but I think just, I, 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 I know I learned best by just doing it and failing. Uh, um, but yeah, uh, and he, he talked a lot about how he writes comics and, and I was really intrigued how he, he, he writes, he, he just does descriptions of every panel on a piece of, uh, uh, on a post-it and then he'll you know he uses like the six panel grid most of the time so he'll just have six um, post-its on a page just, just just describing each panel yeah uh, so he can move that move that around and edit and I thought that was uh, really cool I'm curious like your experience then doing con not doing a lot of comics before at CCS you were you first year second year they're like of classes that went oh, through. Oh yeah, we were the second class. Yeah, we were the second second class too. Uh... And 
I mean, you guys were pretty quickly involved in comics community, going to conventions around the place. Uh, your comics made it over here to Vancouver pretty quickly. And I'm wondering how that affects you in the creative process as far as, like, you're not getting as much as that kind of, I don't know, that, like, nucleus time where you're kind of working internal and building your stuff up. Yeah, um, I think that, I mean, that was definitely uh, my choice. I think I, I was, uh, once I, I had done a comic that was really, like, the probably the first, you know, Snake Oil 1 was probably the first thing I was really proud of and, and I was willing to share with people. Um, I was really gung-ho about getting it out there. Um, so that was, that, I feel like that was more of my decision to really, uh, to, uh, to do my best to get it. Get it into people's hands. Yeah. But I mean, definitely the you know I I yeah I mean the school definitely those first few years had a lot of attention. People were wondering what kind of work was going to come out there, and you definitely feel that. And you know I still get called a, a CCS kid. <laughs> <laughs> a little troubling. I mean I'm almost thirty, and I wasn't you know I was only I was twenty five when I started there. I think so. I didn't feel much like a kid. Well, I think part of it is also the group of you had a really tight thing coming out of there. Like, there's yourself, Lambert, Ford, uh... Yeah, Ford Alex Cross. Kim, yeah. Um, Jeff Locke, Brian Stone. Yeah, we were, I mean, yeah, I, I feel like, oh, man, yeah, I feel like we got really lucky, and there was a group of us that, that sort of really, uh, we got really close, and, um, and we did Sundays together, and that was, like, a big, big thing for us. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's been, it's it's the great, I mean, that's one of the best things about going to a program like that is that you most likely will come out with a, a really close group of people that you trust, which is, um, especially for someone like me, I'm, I'm a pretty shy guy, so being forced to sit in a classroom and live with these people really helps me get close to people. <laughs> <laughs> I probably wouldn't have been able to, to do that any other way, so... I'm thankful for that. <laughs> it's, I mean, I'm pretty excited seeing kind of how you guys have all kind of gone into your separate directions, too. It's been like, what, four or five years since you've all graduated there? Yeah, yeah, we graduated in 08, so it's been, been about four years. Yeah, no, it's it's fantastic. I mean, um, yeah, I'm I'm so happy when I see all the good news that my my, my friends have <laughs> what's come out and everything and we're all still good friends which is nice <laughs> yeah I, I, I see your tweets yeah. <laughs> um looking at your work there seems to be kind of recurring themes uh passing through and I'm curious like how they reflect your own history um like, did you grow up in kind of a suburban type area? Like, what was your teens like? Um, yeah, I grew up in um, a suburb called Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania, which um, their biggest claim to fame was the band Poison. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think three of them uh, originated there, uh, went to Mechanicsburg High. And uh, yeah, and it's like, you know, there's like an old downtown, but but sprawling miles around or suburbs, which is where I mainly grew up. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a lot of, and I, and I feel like a lot of my comics have a connection to the eighties, which I was probably too young to really experience, but I had older brothers who, uh, who were, uh, you know, they were teenagers in the eighties. So they, I sort of lived through them vicariously. And I have this sort of, I definitely have a nostalgia for being a teenager in the eighties. Um, so I think that that definitely seeps into my work, uh, and and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, being a teenager, I mean, I feel like I don't really think about my work that much, but when I do, I realize that it has a lot to do with uh, being a teenager and and uh, how disgusting and awful it is. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's just a very uncomfortable time and. Uh, and uh, there, I don't know. There's something about that I, I I feel like I need to endlessly tell stories about. Are you? So you're the youngest child? Yeah, I'm youngest of three. Uh, three boys. I have two older brothers. Uh, Zach's a filmmaker, and Toby is a, a musician. 
Um, and I'm the cartoonist. <laughs> <laughs> so very, like, creativity, was that important in your home growing up? Uh, um, yeah, kind of. I mean, my mom was an artist. She, she's, um, when I was, like, 16, my mom went back to school uh, and became a graphic designer, which um, before, you know, her and my dad got married, uh, she was... She was like a, she went, I think she went to FIT in New York when she was really young and then was doing clothing design and other graphic design stuff for a little bit. Um, and then she had to raise a family. <laughs> and then, uh, but yeah, yeah, so she was, she was always artistic and sort of making, making things and uh, that definitely had a big influence on me. And my dad, my dad wasn't really uh, an artist or anything, but he was, uh, he could hold court. He was um, he was a good storyteller, and he often exaggerated his stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know. I like to think that 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 that, that sort of uh, uh, I, that got passed down to me. I hope a little bit. Now, your father. Your I kind of asked you a bit about this before we started, but now your brother is doing a movie about your father. Yeah, so, um, you know, let's go back to the thing. So, so before um, my oldest brother was born, my dad, um, he, uh, for two years, he was a drug smuggler and uh, had all these schemes and ways he was bringing cocaine up from South America to New York, mainly. Um, and uh, he became sort of a minor celebrity. There was a book written in the... Mid, mid to late 70s called Snowblind mm -hmm. uh, written by uh, Robert Sabag who um, he was like a, uh, he's like a Rolling Stone journalist and he's written a bunch of other books um, and it was uh, kind of big like my dad was on the Today Show I think and and uh, this, you know a lot of this happened before I was born um, and uh, so fast forward my brother you know the, my dad sold off the movie rights years ago and um, so my my brother is now making uh, this movie Down and Dangerous, which is just it's just inspired by uh, my dad's story. It's not um, you know about my dad, but it's definitely influenced by what he did. It has the flavor. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I haven't I haven't seen much of it, but uh, I'm excited too. <laughs> <laughs> so, had how is it that he's able to be so open about this time? Eddie? done time or something or oh my dad well um oh well let me say my dad passed away when i was 11 oh uh, okay and, uh, he um yeah so yeah at the end of the book uh, he gets caught he get he does he definitely get busted like him and my mom and his friends um but they never really busted him for what they wanted to bust him for they they could only pin like tax taxes on him because he had so much money um and he was i guess he hadn't paid taxes or something uh so that's really the only thing, and he, he never really went to jail for a long period of time. And uh, after that, he, he moved to Pennsylvania with my mom and sort of, uh, you know. Settled down? Yeah, he, he always said he was retired. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> but we had money somehow. <laughs> um, now, the only reason... I well not the only reason I mean it's a really interesting story but one of the reasons I ask about this is we have I mean there's all these different themes uh, going through your work one is we're talking about like this kind of suburban teenage yeah. I also see a lot of use of kind of I don't know if this is purposeful just of the use of drugs within the story as far as um, just being kind of fucked up yeah um, um, yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I don't, there's no, there's definitely no, um, you know, I wasn't around drug use, like it was yeah. my dad, mom, you know, they never, you know, that was all done as far as I was, you know, when I came in the picture, that was long gone, um, as far as I knew. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like I grew up around it, you know, I mean, definitely when I got older, um, you know, teenagers as teenagers do, you know, the drugs and alcohol become involved. And I just feel like that was, you know, I mean, I, unfortunately that was a big uh, part of my, my teenagehood, I'd, I'd have to say. I mean, it was, I was, you know, I never went to rehab and never like got out of control, but you know, that's what, 
me and my friends, you know, that's what we did in the suburbs. <laughs> Smoked a lot of weed. Yeah, yeah I heard that. Uh, it's funny because I can't, like, oh, I, I, like, think about how much I smoked in the past and like I can't I don't do it at all anymore because it's just no fun for me uh, <laughs> I don't I, I, I occasionally drink now and then but uh, yeah I, I, I've gotten a lot more neurotic as I got older and I cannot handle it <laughs> <laughs> which I'm fine with I yeah. um, so it seems like comics have really been a personal kind of output for you yeah yeah I mean I, I guess a lot of people say it's it's therapeutic to tell stories and I, I I don't I don't know if it is for me I mean maybe it is I don't, I don't really think of it like that all I know is I go I get cranky if I don't draw for a while or... I don't I'm even gonna say therapeutic as much yeah. as they're informed by your own experience oh yeah I think definitely I mean yeah I mean you know definitely my so one of the big events in my life was you know obviously my dad dying when I was 11 and after that was like my, <laughs> you know, that was my introduction to uh, how sad the world can be and how, you know, people leave and uh, it's awful. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's a lot of disappointment. So I think that, that definitely informs my work a lot. Um, um, that was like a big, big thing for me. And I think I, I, I definitely dance around that theme of uh, loss. Um, and confusion. <laughs> I can definitely feel it. Like after reading um, Snake Oil Six, it really that kind of oh, rings yeah. through. Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, yeah, yeah. It's we. I mean, I, most of my work I have to look back on and go, "Oh, that's that's what I was working on." But yeah, that's definitely a father son relationship story. Um, which. Uh, yeah, and my—I mean, it's—it's it's weird because, like, I mean, the father in that's a real dickhead, but my my dad was great. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, he he was around all the time and and uh, hung out a lot and cooked us dinner every night. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I'm curious about in that book um, is the stylization. And I really feel like you've been doing these comic prints, these like mashup comic prints, like E.T. and what was it, uh, Garfield, uh, uh, Raiders and Popeye. Yeah. Thousand um, peanuts. I really feel like you're using a certain way of telling the story, kind of using old comic strip ways, but without being less obvious as you're doing with your mashup prints. Uh, and I'm wondering, like, how that's these older comics are informing the work that you're telling, because I definitely feel like I you'll have these pages that are just one-page panels that feels like a comic strip panel, not as much as like someone doing like a splash page, which is different. Yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, definitely. Like my second year, I started to really connect, or my second year at CCS, I started to really connect to like Popeye and um, Seagars Popeye and and Gasoline Alley, um, and those were like heavily. You know, I, I I think there was something that really attracted me to how they broke down time, and I started to think of my pages as um, as tears. You know, I would, I, would um, I really like I think slowing down the pace uh, a lot, and um, and uh, yeah, that, I mean, just that the idea of just having like you know, if you have like four tears on a page, and and each one is sort of a little story in that, so you have like four little comic strips. Um, so that that was something I definitely played with early on, um, and that really, uh, uh, yeah, I I I I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I also uh, think you're you're making stylistic choices in that issue. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, so yeah, yeah. I guess I I, you know, I had never really cartooned before. Yes, um, <laughs> you know, like. Uh, you know, actual cartoon. You know, I was drawing a lot more realistic uh, early on, and and um, yeah, I realized that that when you actually cartoon, how much you know. I mean, it goes back to that thing where you know, the simpler the face, the more um, people can identify. I think, mm -hmm. which I mean, I don't. You know, I think there's a truth to that, um, but um, but also, it's it's a whole lot easier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
to draw <laughs> to draw simply and and you, and you can get a lot more subtlety I feel like out of the characters um, when you keep things simple um, and yeah it's just I mean I, I, I don't know it's hard for me to really put into words why I like why I like the comics I do it just it's just something you know like Schultz is something he does that that just it's perfect uh, for me and I just like the way it looks on the page there's also something like with Chris Ware where you're able to boil down into just these simple figures yeah that kind of have this simplistic quality not simplistic but symbolistic like yeah yeah um may I get too heady (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I never went to college Robin (laughs) you went to comics college I did I did yeah. Didn't uh come on, didn't they get heady in any of those classes? <laughs> yeah, we did a little bit. When uh Bissette would show you old uh Wally Wood pages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He could draw that guy. <laughs> <laughs> he could. Let's talk about what you've been kind of doing recently and kind of where you're taking your comics, um, The End of the Fucking World. Uh, you started that kind of influenced by one of the fellows at CCS, right? Yeah, one of my best friends uh, in comics, Max De Rodriguez. He's a Belgian cartoonist. Um, and he came over um, as a fellow. Actually, the year I after I graduated, um, I, I was still in town for another few years, and and um, he is uh, he came over because he was friends with uh, Alec Longstreth. Uh, he published Alex one of Alex's books in Belgium, um, 
And um, I, uh, Max was just, he's just been a huge influence on me. He's got this work ethic that is incredible. And also just his, his, his sort of the way he, he works. He, uh, he doesn't go, you know, he sort of just, just tears through a book. Um, and uh, he doesn't go look back very much. You know, he. I would like come come with him, like all like, oh God, you know my, you know these old pages look so different, and he's always like, no, just keep going. <laughs> you know, and and he's right because I, you know, uh, when you know in our own work we see the differences that that happen a lot more than I think the reader does, and and I definitely subscribe to the idea that that you get better as you keep as you go, and and uh, it's it's not. I don't think it's helpful to to to, to worry about old pages <laughs> and go back and redraw stuff uh, too much. But yeah, Max. So Max did this last year. He did this comic Moose. Uh, he started it last summer, and on a visit, he he gave me the first issue, and it was a simple, you know, a quarter of a, a sheet of printer paper and uh, twelve pages, eight pages of comics, and. Uh, and he was, just, I could tell he was just having fun. It was just something fun. He was just sort of um, telling this, this quick story. And, uh, and I, I, there was just something about that format and something about, because I had just finished my uh, book, Celebrated Summer, which still isn't, is not out yet. Um, but that was, those are big pages and like 12 panels on a page. And it was very labor intensive. And uh, I wanted to do something fun. So that's kind of, how I start, you know, that that was the mindset uh, of uh, the end of the fucking world when I started that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then, and then it, it it sort of, uh, and then I decided to keep it, uh, keep doing it monthly, which has been really great. Um, I think people really respond to that too, <laughs> the uh, regularity at which it comes out. Well, there's a regularity, and then there's also the price. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a dollar. Um, that was the other thing because it was like I like the idea of you know I still kind of uh, romanticize the idea of comics being a throwaway uh, sort of thing um, so making a dollar comic black and white photocopied um, was really attractive to me and it, and the stakes were low and I, I think that kept my own expectations uh, it sort of threw them out the window a little bit it didn't feel like a big important project and uh so it kept it fun and loose. Uh, Which is funny because it seems like it's the work of yours that people have been connecting with the most so far. Yeah, yeah. And it's always that work, right? It's always the... <laughs> I feel like if you can get yourself to, to have fun and draw, you know, just write for yourself, uh, I feel like that's usually the stuff people respond to. Um, yeah. I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I, I feel like people really like it. Um I've definitely gotten more response out of this than anything else I've done. Financially, um, doing these these cheaper comics, cheaper prices, um, has it been a better return on investment um, for making money off your own work? <laughs> uh, no. Um, I mean, I, I I'm kind of breaking even, but I, I well. Um, but I am. I'm. I'm definitely starting to to have it support me. Especially, I've started selling subscriptions to all the other all the oily comics, um, mm-hmm. which I'm definitely selling at a premium. Which I I I feel like it's sort of um, it's my own little fundraiser. I feel like because because I you know it's more about exposing um, other cartoonists I like uh, as well. So I feel like and and people kept bugging me about subscriptions, and I really didn't want to uh, spend the time keeping track of subscriptions for like my books and all the other books I publish because um, there would just be I don't know I, I would go crazy I'm going crazy already <laughs> stuff uh, <laughs> so that, that was the, that was why I, I'm doing uh, the friends of oily comics where you can um, subscribe to all the oily comics that come out well the nice thing is like it was I'm happy with subscription. I subscribe, folks, as should you. <laughs> um, because, like, it's a pain in the ass to remember which issue I got. And so, like, I ordered a bunch. And then I'll fill in the gaps if I miss them at Lucky's. Yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, that's, yeah. But it's just easier now. Just, all right, I'm just going to get them all. 
and I will check out new folks whose work I don't know that you're going to publish a cheap mini by. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, that's the other exciting thing to me is that that everyone who subscribes will get will probably see someone new that they haven't seen before, and and maybe they'll fall in love with this new cartoonist and uh, follow their work. Um, yeah, and I and I realize that you know, especially coming out monthly, a lot of these books, it's it's people will they'll you know they'll just miss it, and uh, and I. Hopefully this solves it a little bit. <laughs> how many? Can you let us know how many subscribers you ended up getting so far? Um, right now I have uh, I've got 80, 85 or eighty six, which is way more than I than I ever anticipated. <laughs> <laughs> You're drawing a lot of membership cards. Yeah. <laughs> I say. Are they mainly? Are people going for the, like the longer six month or the three month? Yeah, I was surprised. Most of them are, uh, I'd say, like eighty or ninety percent people will get six months. So yeah. that was uh, pretty great to see. Um, so why don't yeah. we talk a bit about who who are the folks you're bringing on with this? I mean, one is your uh, your lady friend Melissa Mendes. She's yeah, my, yeah, Melissa, um, my uh, my partner in life and housemate, and uh, she. Uh, she was the first one I uh, <laughs> I talked into doing this. Uh, I was like, you should do a monthly mini comic too. <laughs> um, and and she's and so she started the series Lou, uh, which has been really good. Um, it's it's about a little uh, little girl and her family and um, and her heavy metal brother and and it's sort of it's 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 pretty autobiographical. It's de there's definitely going to be a lot of about. Uh, this dog that she had in real life, Sammy, who is who she tears up whenever she thinks about in real life. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it's definitely and we just recently moved back to the we're living in the house she grew up in. Um, we're renting it from her mom, and uh, yeah, it's there's definitely this childhood feel that even I feel just living here. Um, it's a kind of a magical place, um, and I think that has a lot of influence on it. And uh, so yeah, there's Lou by Melissa, and there's um, I asked Max if I could publish his series Moose um, in America for him, and uh, so I, those were like the first two. And then I also have recent ones are uh, Gagger by Dane Martin, which um, the first one's out. I think there'll said there'll be three issues of that, um, possibly more. Can I just say Dane needs to ship to Canada? Dane needs to ship to Canada. I ship to Canada. <laughs> I know you do, and I wanted to order stuff off Dane, and doesn't yeah. ship to Canada. Why not? I don't know. Give him crap for me. Oh, all right. Oh, maybe he doesn't know how. <laughs> Sorry, Dane. <laughs> oh, I love Dane. He's, uh, Dane was in my class, too, at CCS. Um, so we're pretty close. And he has uh, a ridiculous uh, amount of comics. He does. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, Word and Voice by Aaron Cockle. Um, uh, My Sincerest Apologies by Jessica Campbell, um, which is uh, the only zine I really publish now. Uh, it's not really comics. It's a, a funny zine. Um, I just put out Background by Andy Burkholder. Uh, now, now, Jessica's thing, um, Yeah. it's interesting because it's something she... Would she have even done something like this if you guys weren't doing this? Um, she was actually she was working on. Um, she's been writing a lot of jokes. She's been doing a lot of writing, and and I was I was, uh, like in the spring I was thinking about doing a humor um, zine comics magazine thing that never really happened. Um, so I was talking to her about contributing because um, she's her and Melissa are really close, and she's one of the funniest people I know. So I thought that was a good fit, and she she had offhandly mentioned she was thinking about doing like an e, like an e pub zine or something, um, and I was like, hey, you know, I was just like, if you do one, I'll print it for you, um, you know, if you do it in this format. And luckily she did, and it's I think it's really great. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, she had been writing stuff before. I think she sort of planned on it, but I think it jump I, started. I, yeah, yeah. I think having someone say, oh, I'll just do all the other work for you <laughs> print and sell it for you I think that helps people a lot <laughs> no, I think were you, mentioning, were you mentioning Andy yeah Andy Burkholder um, 
who I don't know that well. Uh, Dane introduced me to him. He's a Chicago cartoonist um, uh, who Dane lived with for a little bit. Um, and he, he publishes uh, a lot of stuff too uh, through his, I think it's IDTN group. It's his little publishing group. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's a, he's a really good uh, cartoonist. I, I love his line. It looks like it's all repitographed to me, I think. Um, it's interesting that you're kind of involved in all these different, like these connections of like little publishing groups. Like you just had your uh, Snake Oil 7 published by Retrofit, which is Box Brown's mm-hmm. thing. And it, it's fascinating, like this kind of weird, small house comics publishers now. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of little uh, publishing houses sort of popping up, um, which is really exciting um, because a lot of them are, you know, the work is really great. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how we're all connected, but it's uh, it's cool. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned on your on the on the membership, you're also going to have. Uh, minis by DeForge and Zetwalk and Sammy Harcum. Um, are they going to kind of be similar type things or just one-offs? Or Yeah, um, let's see. Uh, so, yeah, I think most of those will be one-offs. Um, um, Warren Craghead is going to do a... He's going to do a three-issue thing. Do you know Warren Craghead? Yeah, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah, I'm he's uh, doing uh, an anthology that he did something for. Oh, great, yeah. Um, yeah, he's going to do this sort of three-issue meditation on surfing, um, which I'm really looking forward to. I think that's going to be like three issues. Um, yeah, and then, you know, uh, yeah, I think Zetwalk and Sammy and DeForge will probably do uh, one-offs, um, I'm guessing. Yeah. I can't, you know, I can't guarantee release dates for like... <laughs> <laughs> Any of those guys? Because <laughs> this is all, you know, I, I tell everyone, you know, it's very low pressure. Um, you know, I, I'm not... I'm not like, come on, guys. Where's the where where are your books? You know, yeah. Sort of, uh, I hope and pray every month that I have stuff to release. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another cartoonist I'm publishing, Marion Runk. I don't know if she's on your radar at all, but she's 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 pretty new. She's a Chicago cartoonist who I'm really excited about. Um, and I've been bugging her about doing something, so look out for that one. Hopefully soon. Um. Are you kind of seeing more folks as you go to more conventions, or are you being exposed to stuff online? Um, I mean, yeah. I mean, most of the people I, you know, I guess I follow. I follow. I try and follow everything pretty closely. Uh, what's happening? So, most of these people, I, I know at least a little bit. Um, and you know that enables me to ask them if they want to do this. Uh, yeah, um, but I've definitely started getting like <laughs> packages in the mail that I didn't expect to get. <laughs> like, you know, this, this is what real publishers deal with: is you know, an onslaught of mail, the slush pile. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which you know, I'm thankful to get stuff. That's great, free comics. Um, yeah, it's funny, but I'm just you know, it's it's a teeny tiny little mini comic, mini comic company. <laughs> and you recently got a risograph too. Yeah, yeah, I, I, um, yeah, yeah, and that's that's helped a lot. That, I probably wouldn't have done the subscription thing um, if I hadn't got that. Um, but that's enabled me to. Uh, I can only print black right now, but it's it's definitely given me the power to to print more volume uh, at a much better price. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's been that's. I'm very excited about that thing. Um, hope it keeps running forever. <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna try and get more colors for it, or are you just gonna kind of? Yeah, I am. I'm. Uh, I'm still. Yeah, I'm still navigating that thing and learning all about it. Um. Yeah. Hopefully, I'll have some more colors down the line. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um. Why don't we talk a little bit about the celebrated summer? You said that's been done for a while, and that's coming up for Fantagraphics next year, next summer. Yeah, that'll be out next fall, hopefully, uh, Fantagraphics. Um, yeah, um, what do you want to know about Celebrated Summer? What is it? Uh, it's about, it's like, uh, it's, I think it's about 65 pages. It's, um, do you remember that mini I did called Wolf? It was like Snake Oil 
five, I think. I do, and I was looking for it, and I couldn't find it in my okay. stuff well, to read for. Yeah, time. that one was about. It was a that was a very short mini uh, about a uh, a kid named Wolf uh, who lives in the suburbs, blah blah blah, and uh, works at the mall. And so, Celebrated Summer is a, a sort of a longer story with him and his friend Mike. Um, and uh, the the quick the quick uh, thing is that he it's basically just one day they they it's like the last day of uh, the first day of summer, last day of school, and they decide to take acid and drive to the beach, um, which is which is sort of based on a real life thing that happened to me. Um, and uh, so yeah, it's it's just like these the uh, these two friends. Um, <laughs> it's, and it's 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 meditative and it's a lot of you you uh we have insight to the what the the character's thoughts and and everything um so it's a lot of his his you know inner monologues uh, with him um, nice yeah i'm terrible at describing this stuff <laughs> <laughs> well it i'm sure it'll be fantastic I've, uh, it was really nice to kind of sit down with everything kind of see where you've come and gotten to with your cartooning um, thanks yeah it's um yeah it hasn't been that long but it feels like i've been doing it for a while <laughs> <laughs> you're aging behind beyond your years yeah <laughs> <laughs> well thank you for taking the time to join me mr forsman sure uh, just a reminder, folks, I've been talking to Charles Forsman. His series is The End of the Fucking World, um, as well as uh, Snake Oil. Uh, you can still get issue six from him and issue seven from uh, Box Brown's Retrofit Comics. Uh, as well, check out his oily comic subscription um, if you're listening to this. Keep an eye out. Hopefully you'll have more subscriptions going if it's finished. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can I mention one more thing? Uh, yeah. I think um, if all goes to plan, there's a, and speaking of small publishers, there's a new one, Space Face Books. I don't know if you've heard of them. They uh, did that Rat Hex. Anthology. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got that. Yeah, it's good. Um, they're going to print, hopefully for Brooklyn, uh, BCGF, I'm going to have Snake Oil 8 done. Um, and they're going to print that for me. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I find it funny when you have someone else publishing your <laughs> comic when you publish other people's comics. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I probably couldn't afford to print this one though. <laughs> Myself. It'll be like, uh, it'll be bigger. It'll be um, you know, it's. I mean, it's only 24 pages, but it's, you know, it's big format, color covers. Um, nice. Yeah. I will see you there. Oh, cool. Cool. Yeah. It was fun.